things just would hit me so hard. And as I got older, I had to create systems of thinking so I could survive and then thrive. And now they're sort of in me, you know, automatically. There are things in me that are just automated at this point. And I mean, even you having this podcast is a great tool for people because people need to know the different mindsets that exist. And then you have to find a mindset. We don't have schools to go to that teach you schools of thought of how to overcome difficulty, how to Mm. overcome the monkey brain that's like jumping from one channel to the next. So you really have to create that. listening to the Routine Project Podcast, where I, your host, Justin Crawford, am getting into the minds of today's leading entrepreneurs, thought leaders, celebrities, and so many more with one mission in mind, understanding their routines so we can get into building the ones that make the most sense for us. This is the one podcast that's hyper-focused on routines and routines only. What's cool is I feel like we're learning with the guests of the show because sometimes they come on here and they don't even know that they have these routines. I'm excited you're here to learn something new, so thank you for clicking play wherever you're tuning in. Now here's today's episode. Friends, you're back for another episode of The Routine Project, the podcast that dives into new and resourceful conversations around entrepreneurship, business, and so much more in hopes that you can take any or everything from our guests' candid thoughts and get after building routines that matter the most to you. Justin Crawford here, and today I'm joined by actress Cassandra Freeman, who now stars as Aunt Viv, which is a very iconic role here in television, on Peacock's Bel Air, which just returned for its second season at the end of February this year. Freeman has made her mark in everything from drama to laugh-out-loud comedy across film, television, and the stage, and is the co-founder of a business that I cannot wait to get to know and have her talk about, Creatricity, which focuses on highlighting diverse professionals in the hopes of bringing Black, Indigenous, and people of color creatives to the forefront of the industry. Their goal is to create a fully integrated and inclusive opportunity for everyone who gets involved. Cassie, welcome to The Routine Project. Yay. Thanks for having me, Justin. I'm so excited to be here. You're the best. You're the best because what we were just talking before Awesome had jumped on as well, who's her amazing rep. uh, I was like, well, listen, I don't know if there's been another time I'd interviewed someone on Zoom uh, without their video, you know, but podcasting's <laughs> podcast, right? So if you're tuning in, thanks for clicking play. Uh, Cassie and I are so excited to just get to chatting uh, about everything that's happening with Bel Air and her business. And and I will probably end up mentioning all the other things that she's had going on in her career as well, but we'll be sure to link everything in the description below. But how excited are you for this? I feel like Aunt Viv, you know, it's funny. I remember uh, I mean, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air back in the day, uh, obviously still is on a lot of people's um, platforms and wherever they can tune in. But Peacock had rebooted a different version of it, same as they did with the show Saved by the Bell with their new reboot. Like there's a lot of like continuations of iconic shows. So then to be able to play a role like that, uh, can you take us back to the moment when you got the role and and how the journey has been so far? Yeah, you know, I think about how I got a call and uh around that time of my career, I was telling my people how I really wanted to, I said, can I play like an, a character who's just, you know, rich and has rich people problems? Like, you know, we just got out of Black Lives Matter. And I said, I really don't want to play a mom like crying on the street over her dead son's body. I'm like, there are other stories sure. we can tell. And so a lot of things came and went and I just sat around waiting. And then this role showed up. And I mean, Aunt Viv is the epitome of uh, those things I just spoke about. But I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not this role, like like a role I'll actually book. But anyway, I threw myself on tape for it. And then like a month later, I was having a conversation with Morgan Cooper and Rashid Newsom, who was the Mm. showrunner at that time. And we had a great conversation, but still I didn't think anything of it. And me and my family went to Greece and I went on vacation and I was like, I'm just going to enjoy life. And the next thing you know, these people are like, we want to read you with maybe an Uncle Phil. And oh, I was like, wow. why are these people wasting my time? It's oh. such a great story to me because every step of the way, this is like the long story short, every step sure. of the way I kept saying this role is not for me. Like I'm not Aunt Viv. I have such a, Aunt Viv is such an iconic character. She's like tattooed on my brain. So when the call came in while we were in Greece at like 3 a.m. in the morning there, uh, my manager calls me up and he says, you put out there. 
Viv. He was like squealing. And I was like, did you say I booked Aunt Viv? And ever since then, it's really been a roller coaster ride. I've just been, uh, it's it's quite overwhelming. And I'm just so relieved people have embraced my version of Aunt Viv. Oh, and I can't wait for all of us too as well. If you guys haven't seen it yet, uh, season one, obviously go back and watch that. And then the new season of, of Bel Air as well with with Cassie. Cassie, you mentioned something really interesting and I wanted to bring it up now. It's it's this idea that you, I mean, you went, you went on vacation in Greece, right? And, and without even thinking that this was then going to be an opportunity, it kind of fell in your lap. And I feel like that's kind of the, I mean, to use your word, it's the epitome of what would happen in a business as, as some would call it chaotic, right? But as um, abundantly random. Yeah, right. <laughs> but abundantly random. I think that like in, in entertainment, a lot of folks, and I, I was telling Cassie, I was like, you're the first actress on this podcast this season. I'm just so freaking excited. You know, we've had comedians and actors and authors and whoever, but but specifically with acting, I feel like a lot of times, I mean, you've put in the work, you know, you, you were with Spike Lee's filmed and you were on NBC already, TBS, you've been, you've been everywhere. And I feel like a lot of times uh, trusting the process probably has a lot to do with, um, you know, getting the next role, for example. Do you feel like that kind of played into this opportunity? Oh, for sure. I think uh, a lot of my success has a lot to do with uh, not assuming that I deserve anything. You know, I sort of like press reset every time it's time to find a new job. I sort of press mm. reset. And I say reset in terms of imagine if like I never had any opportunity. It makes every new opportunity that comes to me feel fresh and allows me to be like, oh, what's the best version of myself that I can show in this character? So that way, even if I don't get it, I hope that they stay up late at night thinking, dang it, mm. I can't use it for this, but maybe something. You know, I think the life of an actor isn't necessarily about booking every role it's about sure. making such an impression that people know the quality of your brand oh so then on brand i feel like a lot of people who are entrepreneurs listening or, or, or aspiring entrepreneurs folks that represent brands even uh can we speak to them for a moment cassie where you feel like as someone who's created a brand especially in acting for example it, a lot of it comes down to like you are you first you know, and then finding ways to be able to integrate that into a quote unquote brand, right? Be it a business or as an actress, where have you found the most success in that balance per se? You know what I mean? Like I, the reason I'm asking is because a lot of us think to ourselves, well, you know, like I'm building my brand, but that looks different for everyone. Right. But don't you have to start with who you are first? Yeah. I think also, you know, I think, Brand is such a word that trends today, but brand is just to dumb it down. It just means like, what's the thing that you want people to know you for? Mm. And, but more importantly, like, what's the thing that's, what's the thing that's so divinely you that mm. you have to work hard at it? And so divinely, like whether there was a thing called acting or not, my life would always be around community building. Like, what do I have to do to either build community and what do I do to help people communicate better and collaborate? So my entire mm. life at this point is like everything comes back to that. So I'm an actress, but I was also a professor at Fordham University for over a decade. I was also a communications and collaboration coach for doctors, lawyers and everything else in between. And of course, I have creativity and I'm this actress. So a lot of my life is about how do you bring everyone to the table and speak? And then the characters that I sit in, you know, it's funny to be an actor it's not about sometimes like, are you the best actor? Sometimes mm. it's just about what is the essence that you bring forth? And mm. so I always give the example of if, if you're about to direct a movie about your family, you have a very keen idea about what your mother should look and feel like, okay? That's right. It doesn't matter if I come in and I give the best acting, you know, ability of my day. And then today you're like, oh, Cassie feels maybe too strong. And my mother had like a different essence about her. Mm. And so for me as an actor, I try my best not to take it personal because it's an essence. And the same is true for writers. They write something, it lives within them as a real person. So anyway, when you come back to brand, it's all about what's the intention that you want to live that you want to leave out in the world. And so my intention is that people leave me and hopefully they feel somewhat inspired. They might laugh, mm -hmm. they have some joy and hopefully they want to build things with me. Mm -hmm. And you could do that in any 
area of your life, right? You'd Honey, any area. This is why I've done so many things. Why I had a podcast. I used to have a nonprofit out of Rwanda, Africa. Like you can do so many things once you know what your divine intention is. Mm. Can you define to the, to like the divine intention right now, like for you, if it was in a statement or just, can you, can you make it so clear to us? Because I wonder if some folks are writing anything down to think to themselves, like, wait, I can also do this. Right. And then from there, go do as many things possible as possible. Yeah. I think a great way to figure this out and then I'll answer it is you can like have a, um, you know, call up people in your life and you say like, hey, Justin, I would like you to be a part of a survey, but I don't want you to answer it as Justin. I'd mm. like you to answer it and be the voice of a whole group. And so that whole group would be media. Okay. I want you to speak as if you were the president of all media when you answer mm. these questions. And then you put together some questions that you'd like to see answered about your life. And so one of them might be like, what would be the front cover of the magazine that I would be on? Like, what do you know for sure about me? How do you know for sure I'll let you down? You know, just really broad questions, just three or four of them. And you start to learn a little bit uh, about how people see you and about how you wish you were seen more as. So mm -hmm. I know for myself, a part of my divine intention is I am really good at seeing what people's best future is. So mm. Meaning I could meet you and after an hour or two of talking to you, I could tell you whether A, if you're on the right road and B, what road you should be on and see mm. what it look like. Now it's up to you if you want to do it or not. Sure. Uh, and everyone has different divine sort of like areas in their life that because we live in capitalistic society, you might think is not valuable, but it's actually very valuable. Because just like you said, when you know what your divine intention is, it's easy to figure out in capitalism how you can make money off of it because mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm. actually works up. So because I can see like what the divine like best is in other people, I can do that in scripts. My husband is a sound designer. Movies mm -hmm. come to him at the end, like when they're ready to almost go out. And I can look at a movie and tell you if it's going to be Sundance, if it's going to be Tribeca, if it's going to be South by, if it's going to be Southwest, or if it's just going to be an indie film that needs to find its own legs. I can just see what the best is in people and in work. Mm. Where do you feel like you got that from? Or at what point in your life did that start feeling like it was almost a superpower? I, I would, I would, I, I'm going to call that a superpower. That's so, so unique to you. I feel. Um, I think, um, well, you know, probably the past 15 years of my life, I've had people, I, I would sit at dinner with people and I would say a few things like somebody would tell me their name and I'd say, really, that's your name. I'm like, you sure you don't have another name? And people would be like, oh, well, there's this other name. And I say, what's your middle name? And I'd be like, oh, that's your real name. Then you should go with that name. Okay. And if you have a band, it should be the Jackson something, something like uh. this is the direction. And I kept doing that. And every now and then people would take this advice. And then what would happen is over the course of my life, people would come back and say, remember that conversation where I did that thing and all of these things happen. And so then I started to lean more into that. And now one day, this is so random, but one day I was walking down the street in Abbott Kenny here in Los Angeles, and there was a psychic and she was like, hi, you want to sit down and I'll tell you your fortune? I said, no, but I can tell you yours. And she was like, um, Turn okay. the tables. And I said, what's your name? And she told me her name. And I said, oh, I said, cause your name feels like you should be like a jewelry person, like someone who does something tangible with their hands. And I said, I feel like it's like eccentric, eccentric. like, like an eccentric, eccentric quality. And she said, uh, yeah, um, I do design jewelry. And she took a card out her pocket and the name of her jewelry uh -huh. was called eccentric jewels. And it's like, I was like, yeah, exactly. I'm not saying I'm psychic. I can just feel where people should be sitting in their life. And so when you've, start to figure out what your thing is. Mine, of course, sounds very mystical. I don't think it's mystical. It's just a feeling. You start to, um, you just practice it and just say, is this helpful? You mm. know, some people, their gift is that they're really good at giving orders. Like that sounds crazy, right? But some people <laughs> can say, hey, I need you to do X, Y, Z and people will do it and not question. I'm not that person. Okay, I have to wait to be invited into a conversation before I can do that. But it's like, it's just random and weird. But once you start having conversations like this, I had this conversation on set one day and mm. everyone knew what their divine intention was. No one sat there like, I don't know. Everyone knew. 
Sure. So it's not about if it's like having the conversation with people you love and trust and see what bubbles up and then leaning into that. And life becomes so much more fun. I knew you were going to say the word leaning into. And it's funny because I had that written down right here. I typed it out. I was like <laughs> leaning in. And, and and so like that is interesting because as it pertains to business, your career, anybody who's tuning in your business, your career, you know what I mean? It's really nice to hear someone like you who has had an abundant of six abundance of success and ultimately has played roles where you may or may not have had to fill bigger, big, you know, bigger shoes. And it's like that constant reminder that the feeling of intention, right. When you attach it um, to what you had said, uh, uh, this method of leaning into it, uh, you'll start seeing results that you want, which I think is so valuable for all of us who are listening. And I appreciate you saying all of that. Yeah, well, you know, you have uh, intention. When you're clear about your intention, there's less tension in your life. Mm. So if I know what, I mean, even when roles come to me now, I can just look at it and I'll be like, yeah, I'll throw my hat in the ring, but this might not be right for me. And mm. I mean, Aunt Viv, I didn't think, uh, it wasn't that I didn't think she was right for me. It was almost like a confidence thing. I just, she's such a big, big idea. But my team was like, but this checks all your boxes. So it's great to have a team of people around you who also reflect back your highest good as mm -hmm. well. And I think this is an industry that you can very easily have a team who sees, you know, not your highest good, but maybe the easiest good. Like they just, people are just trying to make money as fast as they can. Um, and some people get bored at what they do, but I'm lucky enough to be with a team of people who have high aspirations for themselves and for me. And it's like fun. And mm. we all, me and my manager, especially, we really do feel when we're on the right track and then when we're on the right track, great things happen, but mm. we definitely get an alignment about what our intention is. And that could sometimes be hard to find in entertainment. Don't you think? Oh, it's, it's so hard to find. Mm. Yeah. I mean, actually there was a part in my career where I let go of my agent, my manager, and my publicist mm -mm. And for about three or four months. Wow. And the reason was, is that I just felt like, why be in this industry if I'm surrounded by people who felt lazy and who just felt, they just didn't feel driven. There was no ambition. And I said, my dream should not be bigger than my team. Like we should all be trying to outdo each other, if anything, like scaring each mm -hmm. other. And so I remember it was a humbling, like three or four months, me going door to door, looking for new people. And I remember walking to some offices and I could feel them looking at me thinking like, oh, we're only going to make this much money off of this person. I could just feel it. Wow. And then I walk into someone else's office who became my manager and it didn't feel like he felt money. I just felt like he felt like expansion in the dreams that mm -hmm. I had myself. And I said, oh, now this is someone I'd want to work with every day. This is someone who I'd want to text with every day. If you don't have a business relationship with people who you can text and call at any time of night, then what you're doing this for? I mean, if you if you have like big dreams, big things that you want to be up to, you want to have people who are up to it in the same way. If you're not someone who wants to be up late at night, that's fine. You just want people who have the same set of boundaries and vision that you have. Mm. It's you interesting. You risk losing it all at the same time. You know? That's right. And again, that's, that's an intentional choice for folks in their career. And it's funny. I remember when we started thinking about this, this podcast in particular, the conversations that I wanted to have with folks, it was a lot of it was entrepreneur focused, right? Which I want to get to uh, creatricity here in a moment. There is something to be said though, when like you don't necessarily have boundaries, right? In in entertainment or entrepreneurship and, and starting your own, building your own with the team that, you know, somewhat is your own, right? And now I gotta ask you, when you when you do have this team that you feel like you can text and and call at any point, you know, bounce ideas off of, get creative, go out with, have fun with, invite to your wedding, there is some, I think that's such a special thing. And it's not everyday folks can have that because there's a lot of boundaries set in traditional business, I believe. But if you found that it just works more and and what have been some of the positives in having such what I believe like deep, authentic relationships with the people that you work with. Well, you get to stop. If you, if you, when you find a great team of people, then you realize that you don't have to edit yourself so much. Sure. And so when I say that, you know, we all have dreams, but 
many of us are scared to even say what the dream is out loud. And I always say a big part of my success is that whatever my new dream is, I have to say it out loud. And so my husband becomes the first person who I say, honey, you know, it's going to be so fun when I, and then I fill in the dream. Okay. And my husband will be the first person to be like, oh yeah, I see that too. But if he's not the first person to say yes, it's going to be hard for me to move on to the next person. Wow. I'll say it to my husband a few times and then he'll repeat it back to me and it'll scare me because I'm like, oh, what is he talking about? Oh, he's saying my dream out loud. And then I pass it on to the next person. Um, So I'm lucky I have that. But some examples of that is, I remember when I was pregnant with my son, I have a four-year-old. And when I got this new team, it was probably two or three months later, I got pregnant and I felt so guilty about it. And I was like, oh, these people are about to invest their time with me. And now I'm pregnant. They're going to be so upset. Um, They were the opposite. When I told my management and my agents that I was pregnant, they were like, absolutely, Cassie, you've given 14 years of your life to this industry. You deserve to start a family if that's what you want. They said, furthermore, this is what's going to happen. You're going to be pregnant. Perfect. You're going to um, book a pilot. You're going to be pregnant while you do that pilot. Then the show will get picked up after you've had the kid. Okay. And then you can go back to work. So you'll still have a maternity leave. Like they time, because they were like, when is your son born? Oh, June. June is perfect. No one's filming in June. So September is when the show will come back. And did it. And I was mm. like, I was like, y'all, these are big dreams. They're like, no, it's, it's fine. You're so talented. It's no one's business. You're pregnant until it's time for them to know. Honey, exactly what they said happened. I booked this show called Enemy Within. I was seven months pregnant. That was the pilot. The show got picked up to do a full series uh, starting in September. So I got to have an entire maternity leave. And, you know, so I never really stopped working and I got to have that break. So, but my girlfriends, I mean, I haven't had one conversation with a girlfriend yet who had people like mine. Most of their people are like, oh, well, then we should stop sending you out now. And uh, all they saw were the problems. And my life is much, I love a life that's full of like, let's look at the goal and then let's play the game and try to get there versus let's look at the obstacle and talk about how it's not going to work out. Mm. I hope every single one of you heard that. You know, Cassie, before we get to your business that you co-founded, because I have a lot of questions. I feel like the intention there is even more, it would, it seems as, as, um, visible then, I mean, not to put a play on words, but really, right? The intention there is more visible sometimes than, than the acting could be because it's it's yours with creatricity. I think of the word optimism as you're talking for some reason. And I just like you, I love having these conversations because you talk, you get to know someone and you start thinking to yourself, well, damn, they're either gonna be a lifelong friend or at the very least, I met Cassie on this podcast and I'm just so glad because your energy uh, is something I think a lot of us needed. Uh, on this podcast. And when I say energy, I'm talking optimistic energy. And how would you define optimism for one? And then for two, where has it played into your life? I feel like you have such an optimistic outlook on everything, given the examples you just gave us. I mean, well, the definition of optimism is having a great GPS and you're just more focused on where you're going versus all the obstacles and getting there, right? You put a, you put it into your navigation. I'm trying to go to this destination. It doesn't say, well, okay, but look, it's going to be hard. It says, okay, it's going to take this much time. So prepare yourself. And it looks like there's going to be some traffic. Just prepare yourself. But yeah, you're going to get there. Don't turn around and come back home. I think that's all optimism is. It's very practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, the only reason I have such optimism is that I used to be very depressed. Like if, if you knew old Cassie versus this Cassie, like, you know, let me tell you, if you're in your twenties, um, if you, you know, if you're 18, 16 in your twenties, even in your thirties, you know, that's the trenches. It's, it's hard. You know, life is hard when you first start off because you have uh, limited experience to understand uh, how things can work out for you. Um, and if you have a difficult childhood, um, I, my childhood was difficult, but also I'm just a very sensitive person. So I, it, things just would hit me so hard. And as I got older, I had to create systems of thinking so I could survive and then thrive. And now they're sort of in me, you know, automatically 
there are things in me that are just automated at this point where mm-hmm. the young version of me didn't have these certain things, these certain tools that I had. And I mean, even you having this podcast is a great tool for people because people need to know the different mindsets that exist. And then you have to find a mindset. We don't have schools to go to that teach you schools of thought of how to overcome difficulty, how to Mm. overcome the monkey brain that's like jumping from one channel to the next. So you really have to create that. And so people who you talk to in their 40s, 50s and 60s, if they're successful, they have done a lot of inner work and it has just shown up in the outside world, but it's an inside job to be optimistic because it's really simple to be pessimistic. There's more than enough data to allow you to be pessimistic. I love the feeling of soaking up the sun this time of year, but with all that time in the sun, I'm always worried about protecting my skin. But with native sunscreen, I can give my skin the protection it needs and soak up some much needed sun even more. As someone who routinely plays volleyball every single weekend, my friends, Native Sunscreen has legitimately made me feel like I can worry about one less thing so I can actually enjoy the sport. Native's quickly absorbing, ultra-sheer, hydrating, and lightweight sunscreen formula offers broad-spectrum SPF 30 protection from UVA and UVB rays. All Native Sunscreen is made with a 20% active zinc oxide formula that is dermatologist-tested and suitable for sensitive skin, too. It's also made with oils that are derived from plants that seal in skin moisture and is vegan and cruelty-free. Choose from one of Native's three delicious and subtle scents like coconut and pineapple, rosé, or sweet peach and nectar. You can use this on your face and body, or try Native's unscented option too. I'm an easy guy here, so I use the unscented option always with Native because it actually smells like the normal sunscreen, you know, the kind that makes you feel like you're on summer vacation. It's the best. I want you guys to try Native's Mineral Sunscreens today, and all you have to do is go to nativedo.com slash routine20, or use the promo code routine20 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash routine20, or just use that promo code routine20 at checkout. Soak up the sun in the right way today with Native Sunscreens. And as, as things have grown for you, and when I say grown, I'm talking like, you know, bigger and better shows and movies and just everything that you've been a part of in your career. And then you've started doing more. This kind of goes back to what you said earlier, which is you can do as many things as you want, you know, after you figured out what that, that, um, what that purpose or what your intention is. Then also there are so many things that come with doing more or what I would consider doing the most. And I remember last year, this is after the pandemic, we naturally sometimes as, as extroverts, and I'm not sure if you are, Cassie, but when you sign up to do the most, you begin to figure out that you may have signed up for way too much, right? Dad always says, you bit off more than you can chew, start chewing, figure yeah. out how to you know, either trim the fat or, or just commit and be responsible to what you've signed up for. You clearly have done that, right? You've, you, you, you will continue to do that in, in your life. Then, so like, where do you feel like that has kind of been, at, have you been at peace with that? You know, the, the more that you do, you've kind of figured out the systems and processes. This is very much a routine question, but like, are there systems and processes in which how you think and work uh, now that have kind of made you realize, yeah, of course I can take on five or six things here, 10 things here, 15 things here. Well, you know, I think one part of it is is very mental, which is, you have to know like what season you're in. Uh, it's, if you have plants, plants are great humbling thing because it teaches you like everything goes through seasons. It's okay. So like the biting of more than you can chew, it's just a season. Mm. You know, it doesn't stay that way. I'm in that season right now. My life is, we're done with the show. We just finished uh, filming last week. So now I'm in the press season. So my days don't belong to me as much. Uh, but I have a family and I have a business. So I'm like, okay, this is the season where I dedicate it to press. So I have to change my expectations. Um, so a lot of my life is like trying to be like, okay, what's the expectation for myself? Remember, that's just what season. Okay, I'm really tight. That's why it's just for this season. What can we implement to make that? And then lean on extra people. And that's been a really growing process for me to have mm-hmm. uh, people in my life who can take on things. So I have not to be it's actually very humbling to have to ask for help. Like, hello, will you take care of this for me? Okay. Can we schedule this for a month out instead? Like, so it, a lot of it's very task oriented, uh, but Dizzle Washington has a, 
quote say, you know, you pray for rain, you have to deal with the mud. Mm. Definitely. Even if it's your dream, it can feel like serious mud. And you're just like, why did I even wish for this? Sure. There's this idea from the Buddhists that you need three things for a successful life, something to do, something to love and something to look forward to. And for myself, when you're in the mud, you really need something to look forward to. And so you know, I have something great to look forward to out on the other side of all of this press and travel. And that's what keeps me, you know, in this moment of too much. Oh my gosh. I'm writing this down with you. Um, something to do, something to love and something to look forward to. I, I brought that up last week. I think on a, I believe it was an episode and I go, you know what? That is, I think, tied to optimism to your to your definition earlier. Thank you for giving it. Cassie, I mean, think about it. It's it's I would almost imagine they're directly correlated, especially when you're going through business and you'd said it. There's a lot of tasks and deliverables and meetings and press interviews like this one. And it's like, dang, you know, not when is it going to be over? But did I really sign up for all of this? And a lot of us probably ask ourselves those questions you know, be it that you're an entrepreneur or a business person or just working and living, you know, maybe you're not working. Maybe you're just like, you know, taking care of personal things in this season of your life to Cassie's point. But if you can look forward to something, I think that'll allow you to open up some optimistic uh, perspectives now. For sure. And also just like, look at like the meaning of something versus the reality of it all, mm. you know, and that's the thing that really changed my life is when things get heavy, I look at the meaning, like what's all the meaning I just made up right now in this thing. Okay. But what's the reality. And so like, even for press, like for people on the other side, they're like, Oh, press, it must be just, it sounds so <laughs> glamorous. And I'm like, yeah, it is, you know, but um, when you're in the midst of anything too much, mm. of anything, too much ice cream, too much steak, anything too much will burn you out uh, in a negatively charged way. So, you know, I look at the meaning and the meaning could be like, oh, it's so overwhelming. I'm going to lose my voice. I'm going to get bored of my own self. Why do people even care to listen? Is this sure. But then the reality of it is it's like I get to be in touch with people in the future that I have no idea might become my new best friend. I really believe that what we're doing with Bel Air, I believe it's like very it's it's hard work. It's something that really gives people love and joy in their life. It, our show helps people get through another week of work just by looking at this show. I think uh, I was born to do something that is full of light. And I think that is Bel Air. So press allows me to send that message across. So you can do that in anything. Motherhood can be something that is a very tasking job. But And so the meaning of it can be very heavy. Sleepless nights, you're always tired. You seem to always be sick. Um, but the reality is it's the greatest joy of my life. It gives me meaning in my life. There's no bigger love than the love of my son. And I know if I was way up in heaven as an angel, I know I was probably begging God to come down here and to be a mom and be an actress. I was like, that looks so fun. Let me go down. And even the saddest things, I lost my dad when I was in my twenties. And I think even up in heaven, I was like, oh, I'd love to know what it's like to lose your dad in your twenties. Like, oh, how fun is that? I just think we're like on this human experience meant Mm. to take all the feelings and hopefully we deal with them one at a time and treasure it along the way and know it's just a season and there'll be another season to come Mm -hmm. and y'all we're only halfway through this podcast if we may my friend you you, you've created and and co-founded creatricity which is your business and as i mentioned at the top of the podcast episode highlights diverse professionals in hopes of bringing Black, Indigenous, and people of color creatives, particularly, to the forefront of the industry. I'm assuming it's entertainment for sure, even though just knowing you, it's probably going to expand, if not has already expanded in, in several ways. But I I'm, I have so many questions. I just feel like when you do start a business that has this amount of intention in it, in a specific industry, uh, what guided you to do that? And then ultimately, when you got it off the ground, what were some of those first eye-opening moments where you realized this is what you really wanted to do with the business? Yeah, I think uh, it started with that, you know, before COVID, actors used to have to show up and do auditions in a casting room. And, you know, my joke used to be my favorite part of auditioning is the room with all the actors where we're just hanging out, waiting to go in. And I would see my favorite people, people who I think are great actors. And I'll be like, guys, we should all be getting together. And for like three or five years, I kid you not, I kept saying, somebody should have a party where we're just all together. And 
finally, I was like, you know, no one's going to do this but me. So finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a black twist brunch at my house. Ooh, I love that. And so that's why I did. I had a black twist brunch with uh, a lot of actors, with a lot of actresses that some people may or may not know, all at different levels. And oh, my goodness, it was electric. All of us being in the same room, we weren't there competing. We were there just talking sure. about our lives, talking about uh, the hurdles that a lot of us were going through. Uh, some people in the room had their own TV show and they were talking about the different boundaries and things that they were dealing with. And uh, it, it, it taught me a lot. And one thing that it showed me was that I kept thinking, you know, at some point I was going to know all the answers to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And what I realized from that is no one has all the answers. And this uh, industry uh, on accident thrives on how we don't know a lot. Like, so we're, we're not connected in an organic way. Uh, and so I kept having this question of like, how do we get together in a way that helps us all move faster to do the things we need? So then I had another uh, Black Dress Brunch, but I included my girlfriend, Stephanie Lily Smith, who's my co-founder. Mm. And I said, help me with the next one and we'll do it for International Women's Week. Um, but let it be more open to just actresses in general, actresses who think of themselves as being of color to come to this one. And that one, we almost had a hundred women show up to this brunch and it was word of mouth that these women got together. Um, and during that one, I had a question that went around the circle and I said, other than acting, what are the other things that people are really passionate about and come to find out everyone had a side business. Mm also a side passion and the person who I had speak that day was someone who was a former actress who now was a tech entrepreneur who had sold two businesses at that point and it turned into Shark Tank where she was like what's your idea she's like listen instead of just thinking about the shampoos you think about like what does the bottle look like and how you can really make a patent off the bottle and you can sell that to Dove and Dove is trying to get into this market and you can do she was just spitting so much information that at the end of that I said you know this is a company and the company is really simple I said it could be LinkedIn having a baby with IMDb for the entertainment industry. <laughs> Say that one more time. I love that. I said it's basically just LinkedIn having a baby with IMDb. <laughs> and so LinkedIn, because, you know, everyone who is credible would have a resume that's there. You can speak to people in IMDb, meaning that these are credible people in the entertainment and media sector. And I thought, how easy could our lives be if we were connected? So I'm trying to make a movie, but I need someone in hair. Every time I have to go through Instagram and 20 different emails to find someone to do my hair, my makeup. If you're looking for a producer, stop it. It's impossible. Like there, it's impossible for us to find each other. And then on top of it, Hollywood is very segregated. And I don't want to believe it's because people are racist. It's just that when you have a limited amount of time mm -hmm. and money to put together a piece of work, you're going to reach out to people who are next to you. Mm. Um, so whatever. And look, that's me. I don't know a lot of white men. Okay. My husband's a white man. I use him and his network. Um, but right. if even if I was looking for a great white male producer, it would take work for me. But I could tell you some amazing black female producers, some black female directors, you know, and so it started and people would always reach out to me and say, hey, do you know a great Asian producer? Do you know a great Indian writer? And I started to be like, listen, guys, it, it shouldn't be this hard. So this uh, company was meant to help Hollywood to be more integrated. And basically the the first level of the company are just like events. So I throw parties mm. and you can't come into the party unless we vetted you and you're a part of our uh, you're part of our like very simple MVP tech that we have right now. So you have to be in that platform and you can come to our events. And the good news is that when you're at our event, you don't have to worry about, oh, how am I going to get this person's number? They're mm. already in the app. Wow. And you get to meet people. Sometimes it's like you see people you haven't seen for a long time. And other times it's like, oh, wow, I'm meeting one of the heads of Cadillac. And they're actually looking to sponsor something that's exactly what my show's about. Like it mm. should be easier for us to create and to collaborate. That's all creativity is. You say that's all. And I'm I'm thinking over here, wait, wait, wait. How did all this get? It's like, you know what I mean? You say app and events and, and that's amazing. And I think anybody who's listening and could it be creative or building community or or maybe you are in the entertainment business? Cassie is a standing example. You had an idea and you saw that it worked and you turned it into a business, which is just like you had said earlier in the conversation, people just end up doing it. 
Did you ever think that you weren't going to do it? And then what pushed you to say, you know, this is a business. What was that moment? Because I'm, I'm curious. And for most of us, it's like a lot of people are scared to launch businesses, even if they feel like the model might work. Everyone what, is so scared. Yeah. It, I don't, I think cause I'm, I think now that um, maybe that I'm older, I don't know what it is, but I feel less scared to do things that no one else is doing because mm. otherwise life is so boring. Like, what? Who? Wait, no, I, I don't, I don't get it. But um, it's very hard to try to do this while shooting a show. So sure. I think the thing that made it possible is I said, you know, a leader isn't found until they find someone who believes in them too. Mm. There's no leader until the second person shows up and follows. Okay. Otherwise you're just a crazy person. Haven't you ever seen that Ted talk where they do that experiment of one person dancing on the beach and everyone's looking at them like they're crazy and they're dancing by themselves for like 15 minutes. And then finally someone else dances with them. Now they don't look crazy. Now it looks like two people dancing. And before you know it, three, five, and then like a hundred people, the whole beach is dancing. But the leader in some ways is the second person who shows up. So I feel that way about anything that you're trying to start. Mm. If, you want to start something, it's easier if you get one other person who says, that's a great mm. idea. Let me help you with that. And that's what's, that's where Stephanie Lily Smith came in. I, you know, I kept telling my husband, like, why can't I find another me out here in these streets? Somebody else who just wants to be bold and try to do something, even if it fails. Like, here's the funny thing. Even if you fail, when people look back at your life, they look at it as if it's a win. Because they're mm. like, oh, this person tried to start something. Wow. And this is how far they went. But whoa, no one looks back at it as, oh, yeah, but you know, they failed. No one does that. No <laughs> one does that. All they look at is that you attempted to do something and you did it for a piece of time. And so that was definitely Lily Smith. She was like, I love this idea. And she had all the same pain points. And we both say that, you know, if you can fix the pain point of a Black woman, you're actually feeling the pain point of everybody. So whatever my issues are, everyone else's issues will be the same or less than. Mm -hmm. So let's just fix our problem mm -hmm. and everyone else will come too and they'll see how they fit in. And it's true. So me starting this, it was it's very simple for people who don't look like me to be like, I need that too. Where, where do I sign up? When is the next one? This has been mm -hmm. my biggest problem. Um, that's sort of my answer to that. Yeah. And thank you for sharing. You know, I... I want to know now, and I'm sure a lot of folks who are tuning in also want to know, like, where, do, where do you hope it goes? I think a lot of times in business, they're always like, and you, and you said it earlier, right? Something to do, love, and look forward to. What do you look forward to with creatricity uh, in terms of more impact or maybe maybe more, um, more accessibility? Just, you know, what's the long-term vision there? Lots of, lots and lots of vision at the end. I mean, intention-wise, I would love it to be a place where people know when they have a passion, it only takes a click of a button to make your entire network to know what you're up to. Mm. So uh, I, I like to say like, you know, for instance, Kerry Washington is a very political person. And I would love it to be that Kerry Washington is on the platform and she says, hey guys, I wanna put together a political video that helps people go vote who's in. And in a click of a button in over an hour, she can find her director. She can find the cinematographer. She can find all the other actors and people of influence wow. who be the face of the campaign and it's done. So for social movements, it will help people do things faster for goodwill. And then just for practicality, it helps up and coming people to get access into the pipeline in a faster way. So this is really for vetted people. But the second part of this company are for up and coming people because the vetted people are always thirsty for who are the up and coming visionaries. And then it should just be, you look to the left and you see all the people who are interested in being contact, to be in contact with you and you get to reach out and reach out to them. And then these kids get to be like apprentices to what mm. you do. And so the give and take is easier, but ultimately, you know, our logo is yellow, uh, it's it's red, yellow, green, and it's meant to keep people from being in stop mode to go mode. That's all I'm really interested in. And hopefully while you do that, you realize that it's much cooler and you actually make much more money if it's also integrated. So I would hope at the end of this that the results would come in and say that Hollywood is much more diverse than what it is today. And that creatricity uh, is some big part of why people are much more integrated behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. Mm. 
such purpose there too. Um, and I have to say, thank you again for sharing all of it. And, and folks, I hope that you were able to take some, I'm over here like writing, trust me, look at this. Cassie probably can see it. No one else can, but I'm all right. What, what's happening? Here we go. No, it, it's such a cool way to, to understand that that's what's happening. You know, I, you can click on the website, which we'll have linked below, but only so much is there, right? But to hear your voice say these things out loud is exactly what it's hard show to exists. put it all into a website too. That's right. I also just think bringing people together is a much more authentic way for people to build relationships. Mm. Um, I think it's a necessity that, you know, uh, networks and studios have diversity initiatives in DEI areas. Like yep. that's necessary, but then you just need reasons for people to hang out and have a drink. And I mean, I'd like to think I'm a cool person. If you hang out with me, no matter what your background, LGBTQ, white, whatever, I would like to think you'd leave and be like, oh, I'd like to work with Cassie. Oh my God. So happy I met this personality. And mm. I know it's true for other people as well. They just need to be in relationship with those people and know that they have an event to look forward to, to hopefully to engage with these people and be surprised by people and maybe even be inspired. So creativity is just, you know, the electricity that happens when creative people are together. You just don't know what will be sparked and what will be created. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, you've, you've given us so much food for thought. And before we wrap this conversation with you, my friend, I do want to ask a little bit more about your routines. Yeah. Uh, I never know in which in the conversation where I'll be asking these types of questions, right? But for you, I, I would have, I'm, I'm happy to, that we saved it till the very end. Um, so when you're balancing your life overall, do you ever feel like that you have built routines? And if so, what does that look like? You know, between the days, weeks, months, and years, obviously, by the season, as to your point earlier, which I love. Seasonal routines is probably what we'll call this episode, you know. <laughs> but where did routines begin playing an impact in your life? And then how would you describe them today? I think routines were really embedded when I went to grad school. I went to mm. grad and I got my MFA there. And that school, oh my goodness, it was like militaristic, uh, the type of routines they put into your life when it comes to your body and your mind. Um, and I was so resistant to it because I am not an early riser. P.S. I'm still not an early riser. Okay, <laughs> you know, we all build differently. I don't believe in these early mornings. Uh, uh, but it, but that school really proved to me that if you have a routine, your mind and body changes. And also mm -hmm. um, the, the more of a routine you have when heavy moments in your life show up, whether it's emotional heaviness or just heavy work life, wow. you'll be able to be flexible and to move with it. And so like right now, like my routine is, you know, it's, it's chaotic uh, because I have a four-year-old. So when you have a kid talking about a season of life, my, my morning routines went out the window as soon as you have a kid that's waking you up every two hours. Uh, so you really have to become flexible to, okay, what does this new life want? So this podcast and this part of it is really for new parents and to hopefully have some grace in your life when it comes to the routine. So the biggest routine in my life that I have even at this point, and my husband knows is just to know when I wake up in the morning, if I can just wake up and have 30 minutes alone time before my son realizes I'm not next to him. Uh, I need to get a full meal. Like, let me tell you, the heavier the breakfast, the better Cassandra you're going to get. Okay. Like the heaviest meal of the day for me is breakfast. Cause I'm going to burn it off for sure by one o'clock. So I eat as much food as I can. And I do these things called magic mind, which are these like matcha shots that have like nootropic mushrooms oh, yeah. that helps clear the fog out. Honey, this thing has saved my life. It is a must for any type of startup entrepreneur because it really does clear the fog out and help you get the energy to not procrastinate and do your list as fast as possible. So I do that. And then I do TM. I practice uh, transcendental med meditation. That has been the backbone of my survival in this career. Uh, but right now, that's a big part of my routine. And then if I can sneak in any type of workout with Peloton, with Robin Arzon, okay. Listen, if I can fit those three things in, I am a warrior, okay? You can't tell me nothing. That's right. That's right. That's amazing. And then the rest is gravy throughout the days, right? Because then the, the days probably look so different now. That's exactly know? right. My days are, when I'm doing a show, 
my days are different than when I'm not in a show. But even when you're in a show, like my day will start at 4 a.m. and it might not end till 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. So if I'm starting, if my day starts at 4 a.m., there's not going to be a workout early in the morning. Sure. There's going to be like a light stretch in the morning. So then what I do instead is when it's time for lunch, and I actually stole this from Jerry Seinfeld years ago, and it was such a helpful thing I heard him say. He was like, he's like, you know, when everyone does lunch, I go to my trailer and I just practice TM. And that's exactly right. So I might not eat lunch or I'll eat lunch the last five minutes of my mm-hmm. break. I'll mm-hmm. go to my trailer. I'll lay down in Alexander position. Alexander is a type of way of using your body more efficiently, but basically you can lay down on the ground, have your knees fall and touch each other. And something about your body getting horizontal and allowing your spine to get straight, mm. your body to recharge, even if you don't sleep, because naps are so important to me. <laughs> to recharge. So anyway, yeah. in Alexander technique position, I practice TM and that is like caffeine to my system. So people think I have so much energy and it's like, yeah. no, I know how to refuel. And the type of refueling I do is much more potent than four coffees. Wow. Yeah. Because most of us are defaulting to caffeine anyway. Yeah. And it's a lie. Okay. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. I love that. Listen, that's where we're going to end because you know what? If you have a busy life and you're listening to this, that may very well help you. TM, the matcha, you said matcha bombs. What are they called? It's called Magic Mind. And honey, it is the truth. Okay. And I know how tired I am by how much of a perk I get, but basically it's matcha and nootropics. But if you can fit in some TM, yeah. this great matcha medicine, Magic Mind. And like a moment of like 10, 15 minutes to be horizontal. Mm. That is enough to get my mental health in charge. And don't forget a great breakfast. I'm a breakfast person. Breakfast. Listen, you heard it here. We'll put the steps below too. I I can even break some of that down with those four if it's helpful for anybody. Uh, Also below in our show notes, we'll link everything, especially uh, the season two and one of what Cassie's on, which is Bel Air on Peacock. And I'm so excited for you. And 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 everything that you mentioned about creatricity is just so, it's inspiring to listen to, but you've also taught us so many things uh, throughout this conversation. And I can't thank you enough for being honest and transparent. And and again, kind of leading a legacy of, of truth, right? With intention and the communities that you're building off of the brands you've created, including the one for yourself. And I'm just, this entire conversation was so thoughtful, Cassie. So thank you uh, for coming on to the Routine Project podcast. Thank you so much for giving me the space and allowing me to feel valuable and to share anything that can help other people. It means a lot. And routines are, look, it's a necessity to live a busy life. So thank you for even creating such a great idea for a podcast. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's Justin again, and that concludes today's episode. I hope you learned something new or exciting about routines or at least took something away from the guest I had on the show. Now I've got plenty more episodes coming up on this podcast, so be sure to click that follow button wherever you're listening. Oh, and you know how it goes. The show only gets better when I hear from you. So drop a rating and review and let me know what you loved and maybe what we can do better on this podcast to keep you coming back each week. Now, until I get that next episode to you, start building the routines that matter most to you and inspire others to do the same. 